we're just mirrors and we're mirroring it right back to you of how important your story is and that you matter as a real woman. We see you. Welcome to the Trailblazer Podcast. I'm Jan. And I'm Erin. We're best friends, mother and daughter, rural entrepreneurs, and business partners of over two decades. Over 23 years ago, we jumped into the world of entrepreneurship in search of our big purpose. Three years ago, our hard work paid off when we launched an international print magazine, Trailblazer, and business membership. Through these, we have one mission, to empower rural women by helping them build successful businesses, all while cultivating the rural lifestyles they love. So through guest interviews and shows with just the two of us, we'll be chatting about topics like growth mindset, intuition, entrepreneurship, grit, resilience, and so much more. We're going to equip you with the know-how to navigate the sometimes murky waters of entrepreneurship. So whether you're rural, rural rural-hearted, or intrigued by the rural way of life, get ready to challenge yourself while learning from our experiences and other rural entrepreneurs as we explore the endless opportunities that lie ahead. Together, we can create something extraordinary. Welcome to the Trailblazer Podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys are in for a treat. This interview is with Jackie Barkhouse, and she contributed an incredible, beautiful, transformative, all the things article in our winter 2023 issue number 13. Um, Here's a little bit about Jackie. So Jackie Barkhouse is a saltwater soul. She lives on the eastern shore of Nova Scotia, Canada, overlooking the magnificent 100 wild islands. She's married to Stephen. They have two grown children and a baby grandson. Uh, Her life and experiences have taken many twists and turns over the years, but it is her love of nature that has informed her the most. Jackie has returned to a simple life in a simple place amidst the wild beauty of woodland and sea where she creates and writes. And in this interview, we went everywhere. It twisted and turned. Jackie shared her experience working in the corporate world, living the dream. Basically, this had been her goal her whole life and stress and compounding pressure. She had burnout, complete physical and mental exhaustion, and her body just said, no, no more. Yeah. So her journey back to reinventing herself and healing is what we talk about with her today and just about the dreams and and how she reconciles and whether she feels that her career was a success, how she lives now in the day-to-day, in the present moment, and what she finds joy in and where where her soul and heart really have found a place to be. This interview is really a celebration. Jackie's 63 and it's a celebration of a different season and a different stage in our lives. And I think we can often forget the absolute privilege that it can be to navigate that next stage and embrace a different idea of what our lives can look like and be. So it's a beautiful interview. And you know what, guys? We also live reveal to her that she is on the cover of our winter issue. So you get to hear her live reaction (laughs) being on the cover. Grab the Kleenex. It's a good one. It's a good one. So without any more, dive into this podcast episode. You are going to love Jackie as we do. Jackie, welcome. welcome. <laughs> I feel like we all, can, should we all just take a breath to, to get centered? 
Uh, yeah. Three, two, one. <laughs> We're really looking forward to chatting with you today, Jackie. And to let our listeners know, you've provided a wonderful article for us for our upcoming 2023 winter issue of Trailblazer magazine. And we just thought that you brought up some really cool things in your article that we think a lot of women could just really relate to. And we just wanted to dig in today and share a little bit more, have you share a little bit more about your life and yourself. So tell us where you live and how did you get there? I live on the eastern shore of Nova Scotia in a place that's known as the 100 Wild Islands. It's a protected area. Nature Trust has determined it a, a protected area. It's absolutely beautiful. There's actually a rainforest on the islands. And I completely overlook that area. And it's very beautiful. It's an area that has been in my family for generations. And this is where I played as a child, where I learned to swim. I love this place and I've always loved this place. I left it to pursue the dreams that I had decades ago to be this strong, independent woman and to achieve the career that I was raised to believe I could be anything that I wanted to be and I could achieve anything that I wanted to achieve. And I really didn't. I grew up not seeing barriers in life that were actually there for women. In the 80s, it was a hard time because as much as we don't really like talking about it, yes, we were starting to make some headway, but we were also all juggling against each other for those very limited positions. If we were ambitious and wanted to achieve things that were really, for the most part, known as positions that men generally held. My friends that went away and pursued careers, became nurses and teachers and all these wonderful nurturing positions. But that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to be a labor organizer like my father. And I wanted to be involved in making change in the world. And that was going to involve being in politics. And I achieved both of those things. And it near killed me. And I came back here to heal my body and soul after years of being this fighter and working in a man's world. And I think I just became tired. I had health problems uh, that I didn't want to acknowledge because I in some way thought that might make me seem weaker. And I didn't want to be that publicly because I was afraid of how that would impact my career. But I fought until I couldn't anymore. And then I had to make wellness my priority. And that's why I came back here to this place. It is my sanctuary. Yeah, it is. Because so in your article, like you talk about that moment or those I don't know how were those months or years of physical and mental exhaustion working in the corporate world and how did you navigate that because I think 
a lot of us experience burnout in one way or the other. And mom and I always talk about this, that sometimes it's just a whisper to say, slow down, you're doing too much. And I think this was on Oprah, like maybe years ago. If you don't listen to that whisper, it's a little tap on the shoulder. And if you don't listen to the tap on the shoulder, it becomes... A two by four. A two by four. <laughs> and then a brick wall. And then a brick wall. Yeah. I didn't listen to the whisper and I didn't pay attention to the tap on the shoulder. For me, I let it get to the point where I literally was at a point of collapse. My body couldn't withstand anymore. Physically, I was exhausted. Uh, I was running at such a speed all the time. I also had a family. I love being creative and I couldn't make it all work. And somehow my career and my goals and my belief that I could be anything and then what turned into my need to be successful because I felt like I was representing, it took me down physically to the point of collapse. And and then came the acknowledgement of how mentally difficult all this was. And the combination was deadly. And after my second physical collapse, I was having extreme dizziness. I was having moments of losing my balance. Like all these strange symptoms were happening to me. And I didn't tell my husband and I didn't tell my doctor because I just felt like I I had to keep going and at some point it just it just wasn't possible and there was a tremendous amount of shame for me in the fact that I had achieved these things and I just I couldn't see them through to the point that I thought I would which was probably to work another 15 or 20 years after I did I retired early I was fortunate in that I could do that. It didn't come. It didn't come without trade-offs, but I had to make a choice and to thine own self be true. And I had to do that. And I had to look after myself because I couldn't look after anybody else if I couldn't look after myself. And that was a hard one to put myself first. I never had done that before. Yeah. And I can hear the weight and the pressure that you put on yourself, not only to go after and achieve the dreams you had for yourself, but also how you were representing women in a time in the 80s in the workforce that you had this opportunity in front of you. And I I can hear how important and how huge that was for you. So you must have felt a bit of an identity crisis, right? Having you thought this was your dream that you were going to be doing this for years and then your body is is saying no. So how did you reconcile Mm -hmm. that? So you retired early and in terms of your mental well-being and reframing now your identity as who you were without that corporate job, how did you do that? I have to admit that it was extremely difficult. I felt like I had failed myself. It was a terrible feeling and it took a lot of healing And I still find it even now really hard that on my own terms, I couldn't get to where I ended up, but I ended up in such a beautiful place 
that I feel really blessed and I really mean that. I, I do. I just think that we all struggle when change happens in our life that we don't anticipate or that kind of wasn't the plan. And for me, I had always been so focused, even as a child, just so focused on anything that I wanted. And I always tried to achieve big. And somehow I always landed on my feet. It was like I was a little bit of an anomaly. I just couldn't seem to be pushed off my game. And so to not have things happen on my own terms was really difficult for me because it had been who I was and it's who everyone knew me to be. And it's who my family recognized me as. That's a hard thing to do such a big turn to go from that to then trying to figure out, well, what do I want to be now that I'm grown up? I'm not going to change. I'm not going to go back to the working world. Certainly not the way that it was. And in the meantime, things have changed so beautifully for my, for me and for my family because I'm here. And I don't think I would be had I kept going. I really, I believe that in my heart that I just couldn't withstand that. But for women, now this is a time when, you know, we aren't so challenged by each other. We see each other and we lift each other and it's real. It's so genuine. It's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) So what I hear then is you reinvented yourself, but I'd like to back up a couple of steps to what did you actually do for your healing because I think Jackie there are going to be women listening to this who are up against that same wall and they're tired and they've been doing it all and being it all and and now they have to reinvent themselves reinvent what the day-to-day is going to be so could you share a little bit of what did you do for healing when you arrived um, at the cottage What did that look like? Let me tell you, my doctor made it very clear to me that my life had to change and that I had to make my wellness a priority. And I knew in my heart that health-wise, physically, I was in a really bad, scary place. But emotionally and mentally, I felt very broken. But I was in a world that was so loud that there was very little peace inside of me. And I came here, we have about a hundred acres here, overlooking the water with a woodland and a sweet old tree farm behind us. And I don't see my neighbors. Sometimes I see a vehicle go by or someone out walking, but I live very rurally. I I can go a week without ever seeing anything or anyone. A niggle is my closest friend. The loudness in my life became silence. My husband's very quiet and my children grew up and now have their own lives and dreams. And my world got very quiet, very different from what it was like. And at first I sat and I feared my life becoming too small. Does that make sense? 
I was really afraid of that. I didn't know how to be my own friend. And I started walking on the beach. It was February 14, 2014. And I had a doctor's appointment that day. And he said, things were not going well. We'd been at it for a while. And my body was just in a bad place. And he said, you're outside a lot. And I'm like, oh, yes, you know, my gardens and blah, blah, blah. And he said, you have to do more. And, you know, it's not like I have a gym close by or, you know, anything like that. So I've got this beautiful beach. And I I came home that day and I said, I'm going to start going for a walk every day, no matter what. That was February 14th, 2014. And today is October 31st, 2023. I have not missed a day. I've walked in hurricanes blizzards. This is true. Extreme heat, wind that you wouldn't believe, but I'm out. If it's a hurricane, and we've had a number of hurricanes, if it's a hurricane, I am on the beach walking. So I went that day to to visit my brother, and I said, do you have a big, large bottle? And he gave me this giant pickle bottle, this ugly pickle bottle, and I brought it home. It was not, you know, it would be in a cafeteria. And I sat it on the floor in my living room, and I thought every day I'll collect a handful of beach glass and I'll be able to mark how much I've walked by the beach glass. Like I'll see if I can get half a bottle of beach glass in a year. I think we have about 15 bottles of beach glass and then just like this great big giant tub of beach glass. But that's what I did. And it was silent and I would hear the waves and the yeah. birds overhead. It was beautiful, but it was quiet. And after about six months, I say to people and they chuckle, but I started to hear my own silence. And it was incredible because I started to think about all the things that I just, I got to this place where, like I say, when I worried about my world getting small, when I came here, I was just worried I would stop thinking about things and trying to learn new things and expand my horizons. I had been in a world where I always knew what was happening and I always knew what was coming. And all of a sudden, I I didn't have a clue. I didn't watch the news. I didn't read a newspaper for years. And I just started really thinking about my life and I started writing things down and things that I remembered. My mom had just been diagnosed with cancer again around that time. And she developed Alzheimer's and completely lost her ability to communicate within a couple of weeks. And she had said to me, Oh gosh, Jackie, I, before the, when she found out she was sick, she said, we are going to have a talk. There's things I want to talk to you about. And I thought that was so lovely. And I used to go down for about a week I, every day when I would go, I would take her a chai tea at night and she loved it. She lived next door to me. And it was so beautiful. And I waited for her and a week went by and she really was having difficulty talking. And she didn't last very long. She passed away and we never had the conversation that she wanted to have with me. And I don't know what that was about. It was really sad, but it propelled me to this place over time. By the time another year or two had gone by, I started to really think about my own life and think how important it was that I had conversations with people and that 
that I sat down and let people know how much I love them and how beautiful I really feel life is and that even though I'm a, a, a really emotional, I don't know if it's emotional, but sensitive person, I've always been a sensitive person and always was able to put this veneer over it and get the job done. But I was always this way, even when I was in big jobs. But when I came home, I was always very sensitive. And long story short is that I, I learned a whole lot from her death. And after the pain started to subside, I I learned how I had to live the rest of my life and how I wanted my family to know that I am happy and fulfilled because I don't know if that's what she needed mm -hmm. to talk to me about. I don't know. It's been a real emotional journey for me since I came here, but I'm so fortunate to be here. I love it so much. I grow flowers. I create beautiful things. I have this group of friends that are just so much like me in all the good ways that I have. Just have come to this place in life where you don't really owe anybody a whole lot anymore. And, you know, you can put yourself first sometimes and not feel so bad about doing that. It's really quite lovely. That's a hard thing to hear what you just said, because as women, we don't very often in our busy years put ourselves first. So it's wonderful to hear that through all the circumstances that that is also the place that you've arrived at. So how would you describe yourself now? Because it probably was easy during your working years. You were corporate and you were leading the charge and you were doing all the things. But the things that you're doing now are so very different. So how do you describe your life now when you think about it in those daily walks along the beach and I know you've said you're fortunate about it for it but I suspect that there's some deeper holes you've drilled down in your thinking so what are the things you think about now I discovered that nature is my religion uh, and circumstances sometimes you just put in the place that you need to be and had there not been some trials and tribulations in my life, would I have ever gotten to a place where I could actually get to know myself? I'm not sure because mm -hmm. when I think about my mother's life, did she ever get to know herself? I've something happened that was really hard and is, you know, and that changed the trajectory of my life. And it seemed like the end of the world to me. It truly seemed like the end of the world to me. And now I have this precious little grandson and my son and daughter and my husband. He's always been so rock solid for me, even when I've been so flawed and imperfect. You know, he always has seen the good that now I can see it too. And I'm so grateful that I get to see myself as I was meant to be. Wow, that's really profound. You get to see yourself as you were meant to be. Like that's, that is profound. I think maybe some women search for that their whole lives. I think they do too. And that makes me really sad because it's all in us. We owe it to ourselves to know who we are. It sounds like you live in more or less in the present moment of the day-to-day. -day. 
But I've got to think that this woman who was always so focused, what do you think of in terms of the future? I'm guessing that you probably haven't just let that go completely. What are your thoughts as you move forward in in this lifestyle? For a long time, I'd always hoped that I could go back to my old life if I chose to. And then it stopped mattering because that wasn't what I would choose. This is what I want now. I don't think too far ahead because I think I'm still somewhat broken from not realizing the dreams that I had as a little girl, maybe. But in reality, I really did achieve those dreams. They just didn't end in the time frame that was in my head. And I think that taught me that so much is not in our control. So I do live in the present. And of course, I have dreams. I want to watch my grandson grow up. There are some places I want to go and visit. And my dreams are different because my circumstances are different. So I do live a little bit in the present more than I probably should. I try not to think too far ahead. I just want to enjoy every day as much as I can for what it is. And I'm very aware of the fact that life is moments of joy. When you're young, you just think you should be happy all the time. And it's not how it is. Some of it's mundane and some of it's some of it's challenging. And I just appreciate things a lot more than I ever would have had things not unfolded the way it did. And of course, when given the choice to to know what I know now or to be what I was, I would choose now for sure. I would wish that for people. Yeah. I would wish that for women that we seek our own happiness. We can do that with other people, but mostly we know what we need, I think. Sometimes it's hard to acknowledge it, but I think we know. It's those moments of silence that are the hardest for most of us. I think it's much easier to fill our lives and our days with busyness or distractions or shows or book, but it's the silence and the connecting to ourselves that we avoid, isn't it? The silence shows us who we really are, and we learn the good and the bad parts of us in silence, I think. Sometimes it's easy to be so busy that you don't have to look at the flaws. Yeah. Yeah. But they're there for everyone else to see. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that everyone else judges our flaws, whether they're physical or how we do our job or what we're deemed to be capable of. Yeah, silence is a great teacher. Not always the teacher we like the best. Yes, isn't that the truth? We can't always choose. <laughs> I'd love to know, Jackie, what made you submit your article? What in you told you to do this? Because I hear you describing your story and your journey to where you are now. And it's fascinating. And I think there's so many levels and layers us and our listeners can tune into and get something out of. So first of all, I'm so glad that you submitted your article. It's a must read in our winter issue. But what was that whisper or that tap on the shoulder? What made you do it? <laughs> I had found you gals on Instagram and I had been following and I just was so fascinated. I thought, oh my goodness, this is just 
so beautiful. Like I, I've got to tell my daughter about this. I've got to tell my daughter-in-law about this. And this is wonderful. I think I had responded to something that you had written or posted on Instagram and I made a comment about it. And I very quickly, dot, 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 someone was writing me back. And I think it was here and it was you. And it was kind of like, oh, wow, kind of thing, right? And I think you asked if we could chat more. And I ignored it because it scared me. I was like, (laughs) this is true. I remember thinking, God, what do I do now, right? And a couple of weeks went by and I think Jan messaged me to set up a Zoom call. And anyways, one thing after the other, a few weeks later, we did the Zoom call and it was like, let's see what we can come up with here. And I thought, oh gosh, I'm not very exciting, but I'll I'll put together something and and you can have a look, right? Yeah. And anyways, I guess it was just meant to be. And it has been such a, it's been such a joy because you know what? I had to think about how did this all unfold? Because I didn't, I was just, like I say, living in the moment that I wasn't really thinking about what was happening until I actually sat down to write that article. Mm-hmm. And it was very touching to me after I wrote the article. I read it and I thought, I liked it. I saw something in it that was good. And yeah. it made me really happy to see how far I had come from that actual point of collapse where I thought, there's no coming back from this. I'll never be able to fulfill the dreams. The dreams just change. That's all that happened. Yeah. And I know I, I want to say, sorry, <laughs> I remember the Zoom call that day. Uh, it was just me and you on the call. And I remember uh, you had just come in from outside and uh, it looked like a hurricane had blown your hair around and you sat down and I'm just looking at the screen. And then we started talking and it had just... The things you were saying were just so intriguing to me. And I remember Aaron asking me afterwards, so how was the conversation with Jackie? I said, gosh, I really, I think we should really entertain an article from her, a story from her, just the, what this journey has been. And Because yeah. I think what was different about your article is it wasn't about where you ended up, what you created or what you achieved. It's that through your journey, it's the transformation and the acceptance. And so for me, your article has this universal message for women of any age or stage in their life to be present and and embrace. And if you don't mind, could I read one quick paragraph from your article? You said, each season brings a renewal and each day is whim-driven. I prefer to work this way since I learned that sometimes the best laid plans must be abandoned. After that epiphany, a soulful existence started to replace a morning to night routine, one that had formerly resulted in my collapse caused by physical illness and mental exhaustion. Slowly, my days started to become rooted in reflection and healing, and I was convinced that if anything could help me heal, it would be the wild power of nature. My situation was not unique. Many women have careers, take care of a home, raise a family, and care for elderly parents. In my case, when the chips fell and I could no longer continue as I had been, I was faced with the need to drastically change my circumstances. And that's That's powerful. Yeah. It's real, it's raw, it's authentic, 
from our interactions with you. You're just so honest. And I think in a world where so much stuff is out there and mindsets and this and that and everything, it's just comforting to meet someone like yourself who is just real because I think through that you give people permission to be their real selves with you. And I think that will be part of the power of your article when women read it is they'll feel a sense of knowing you. And and that's a cool thing because there's so much that's superficial. There's so much on the surface that we have to sort through every day. I know with our business, we are constantly online and on social media. A business today requires that. And so it's just let your hair down and just settle into I don't know, some realness. In your message also, it says that no matter what your title or what your achievements are, you're worthy and important, but regardless. And and I love that. Could you describe what your physical environment is? What does it look like when you wake up? What do you see? What does the air smell like? Because it sounds so mythical. And the way that you described it in your article, could you paint that picture for us? And also tell us, how do you, how are you spending your days creating? It's such a unique place. Where you are is so beautiful. I've been to the area when I was in government. I actually, I think my first trip was around the time of the Canada Games. So that's, I was in Jasper actually initially. Here is so different. I don't look for green space. I look for blue space. I've always needed to be by the sea. I have always been by the sea. And any time that I'm not, I'm really discombobulated. I don't do well when I'm not by the ocean. It truly is a magnificent property. It's just so beautiful. It's on this huge hill overlooking the the vastness of the sea and sky. Sea and sky is so big, so beautiful the salt here it's a it's very rugged there's nothing manicured about it when I lived in the city I had this beautiful garden behind my home and people used to say can we get wedding pictures taken back there it's so beautiful and it was all in all these garden tours to raise money and stuff and I came here and I thought I'm going to garden that's not really how it happened everything that blew into the yard seed wise or whatever just grew and I learned to embrace the weeds. So I have a lot of green around the cottage and then I just have the sea that just goes on forever. I lose myself in it. I sit and have my coffee in the morning. I don't generally have any conversation in the morning with anybody, not even when my family is here, not with my husband. The mornings are a sacred time. I spend a lot of time just sitting and thinking and looking at the water And I generally, that's pretty much how the morning is. In the afternoon, I go into the shed quarters, which is my garden shed that I love. It's every time a hurricane hit and stuff blew into our yard, we used it to build this place. It's magnificent. It's just like a, I call it like a shabby chic fish shack. (laughs) It's just beautiful. And I dry stuff there and I love it. I work a lot with with (laughs) flowers, mainly everlastings, because I pretty much dry everything. I make confetti out of every petal that drops off. And I'm very aware of the environment and being 
being protective of the environment as much as I can and trying to live sustainably, but also create sustainably. But anyways, I really, I really spend most of my time working with flowers. I work a lot with words. I've always loved books. I've read and read since I was a child and I love words and I love quotes and I get a lot of solace from words. I have journals throughout my house that when I read, if it's something that I want to remember or think about the next morning, I write it down and they're everywhere. So I work a lot with words. Sometimes I'll just even cut out words and they'll become these beautiful parts of cards or I'll put a tag on flowers that just has these beautiful words on it. But now I work a lot with other women (laughs) creatives and artisans. I started to mentor some women that were starting out and and wanted to do things. And I started holding things at my cottage. It started out with holding yoga classes. A lot of the women in this area had never been to a yoga class. That was a strange thing to them. I started having people come in and teach these yoga classes and these ladies would show up and they just loved it. They just absolutely loved it. And then it turned into doing these creative things and having other artisans <laughs> and artists come in to the cottage. And we would do things like make a wheel of life and do these beautiful things and spend the morning with all of us sitting around drinking tea and thinking of things that we would put on this wheel of life and doing all these really creative things. And eventually I started making things with these other women. And now I mainly go to uh, a lot of them. I organize myself and these artisan markets and pop-ups and stuff like that. And I do a lot of collaborations with other women and I love it because most of them are much younger than I am. And there's something that's very interesting when Mm -hmm. younger women and older women work together, right? It's lovely. There's just, I don't know, the generational exchange is a wonderful thing and we both learn from the other and so I do a lot of that and I love working with other women Mm -hmm. a lot of times I'll send someone a message I actually just did a collaboration with someone very near you guys and I sometimes will just send a message and say just check out my Instagram read a little bit and see what you think would you like to do something together and I have four women that I've created items with in this fall line. And it's been really enjoyable for me. I love it because I learn from them. And I suppose they learn some things from me too. Hearing you talk about all this, you're talking faster and your face is just lit up. So we can see and I hope the listeners can feel the passion with with which you describe that. Yeah. And did I, was there ever a conversation about cold plunging? Or was there something about I think maybe I saw that on your Instagram <laughs> feed. I mentioned with that your to friends. <laughs> Cold water swimming. We were. Go- I was going to do a photo, but everyone chickened out on me. I'm going to send a photo, but everybody was like, "Only you would." And I'm like. I'll strip down to my underwear and go in cold water. I'm good. I love the cold water. The cold water has always been my thing. I learned to swim at a very young age when my father used to take me on the boat out to the wild islands before they were known as the wild islands. Mm -hmm. And he'd say, jump off the edge, Jackie. And I would jump off the boat. And I think I might've been like four years old. And I was like, there would be porpoises in the water. And 
I was just such a brave girl. Yeah. <laughs> I was. And I still am. And now what brave you are. You mentioned the word photo and you gave us permission uh, to do this. You had sent an email through our channels of the magazine. I think it went to Kim, our VA's project manager for the magazine inbox, and she forwarded it. And I just, when I read it, I said to Aaron, oh my God, like, you got to hear this. I think this is just maybe another facet of what has been intriguing for us about you and I'm just gonna you're gonna read it I'm gonna read it yeah Yeah. and so here it goes because I just want to preface it I I think it's important because this you didn't write this with the intention of it being published Mm -hmm. and so we know that it was it came straight from your heart and vulnerable and honest and I think that's what's so beautiful as well about it before you read it so yeah yeah so here it goes and I haven't seen it or read it for many months so it's new to me it's from well, April. It's April 23rd. So we're talking six months ago. Yeah. So you said, for decades, I have limited personal photos to the bare minimum, always focusing on family, scenery, etc., instead of vanity. So full disclosure, I took on this project because I needed to be thrown outside of my comfort zone after becoming rural again and having witnessed too many local COVID lockdowns. To be honest, writing the article was easy. The process of being photographed was grueling in my head. At the time, I wasn't sure I actually could even do it for you. Determined to be true to myself, I refused to change my appearance from the everyday of my perfectly imperfect life. And yes, I did lose some sleep convincing myself to follow my own plan, to wear my usual simple and ethically produced clothing, and to go fully makeup and manicure free, as you can well see. Long story short... I thank you for such a beautiful gift because you helped force me to see myself up close and personal through these photos. I wish every woman could have a series of authentic photos taken by the time they have 60 or so years in their rearview mirror. It has proven to be the most humbling experience for me personally. I literally braced myself to look at the pics for the first time and I felt dizzy and queasy at the same time as I clicked the damn link. And when I did, There I was, over and over again. I refuse to discard photos because of my gray hair, wrinkles, and my workaday hands. I promised myself from the get-go that this project was to represent my for-real lifestyle here on Canada's East Coast. In fact, the day we started to shoot, I said to the lovely young photographer, please honor my wish to make the place the star. I honestly wanted to be an observer too. I think we mostly accomplished that because in reality, I didn't know uh, about most of the photos that were taken until I saw them weeks later on my computer screen. The hardest part now is that some of these photos will make the cut and some won't. To me, they have come to represent the whole story, just so you know. And I just thought that was just such a lovely uh, email for you to write back that we that's the first time we haven't really gotten, I guess, inside of what the experience of, because, hey, here's the truth. How many of us ever get to be in a magazine or an international magazine? Not very many. And so it it is a different kind of experience. And so for us, it was a very touching and fulfilling and kind of full circle moment just to hear what that was like for you. 
like that means something to us. And we really appreciate that because I think we've used the phrase to be seen. We've used it several times throughout this interview. And a lot of us aren't seen. Maybe some of the roles and positions are seen, but but the real person. So I do appreciate with the attitude with which you went into your photo session just to show you. And as our listeners will see in the magazine, they will see the real Jackie in her life. And I'm just so glad that we were able to to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. our that that's our mission. And you were so humbled by your appreciation. And and like mom said, it's reciprocal because we want every rural woman out there doing their important work to be seen. Yeah. And this was part of our values, part of our values. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of our, our big why. I want to say to you, are you going to write a book already? Cause you should write a book. Your writing is captivating. Yeah. I'm sure I'm not the first person who said that. I actually did write a book after I left politics. I was asked to write a, a political autobiography and I spent about a year working with a writer and you're going to find this strange, but Anyways, it was mainly through interviewing me about my life in politics, which was which was very difficult. I did have two stalkers that my life was in jeopardy on two occasions, and it was a difficult period in my life. And there again, it hadn't been public because I felt I had to look strong. And we wrote the story, and when we were done... Before we put it all together, I apologized and said, I, I don't want to publish this. I actually felt like it had been my therapy mm-hmm. in the strangest way. Mm-hmm. I had not gone for therapy and probably should have. Through writing that, I was able to process my experience. And since then, actually right around the time that I virtually met you beautiful women, I started writing a book of essays and I did complete that and it sits here next to me on my desk and it's actually really quite sweet. (laughs) So I don't know if I will ever do anything with it, but I've written it and someday people will at some level read it and it's actually quite lovely. Yeah. And I would suspect it's as poignant and, real and truthful as what we've experienced of you absolutely in our in our interactions yeah Yeah. collaboration yeah you gals are just so wonderful what you have done is so commendable it's not to be underrated how important it is you've made people that aren't famous be seen as very special as they should be because your magazines are just so beautiful. I'm so proud to have them. They're on my dining table next to Buddha. <laughs> and people come in and ask me all the time, what is this magazine? And I say, oh my gosh, look, you've got to listen to the podcast and then you have to subscribe <laughs> to the magazine. So I'm so proud of you. I'm so um, proud yeah. of what you've done on behalf of women. It's just so incredible. It just is a way of showing women be seen for what they contribute, which is huge, not just to their families and the people that love them, 
to how we progress. It's it's pe- because yeah. of people like like you, ladies. It really is. You give such a beautiful showcase to the lives of people that work hard and love hard and all that good stuff. I hope you're very happy in your lives because well, thank you for thank that. Thank you. Thank you. I think you give a lot of happiness to a lot of people. I really do. Thank you, Jackie. Yeah. Thank you. It yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it does. does. <laughs> we wake up every morning. I, I can't speak for you. I wake up every morning feeling like the luckiest woman alive that I get to sh- to be a part of this sharing and acknowledging and helping women in all the corners of rural be seen and how humbling for us that we get to share that. I just, it's a complete joy. Yeah. And I would say for me too, that there are no constraints. We're making our own path. We make our own intentions along the way and we're not held in by any box. (laughs) (laughs) And it's work a day. It's work a day stuff. I'm sure sometimes you just collapse into bed at night. It looks glamorous to see these beautiful pictures and to see you guys and on your Instagram feeds, even it's just so lovely. And now I wait for Thursday so I can hear the next podcast. And your contribution is huge. It's just oh, beautiful. Thank you. I thank you. The acknowledgement. Thank, thank you. you so much. Oh, we're probably going to wrap up with just maybe a final question, and then don't go away because we have a little surprise for you today. I don't know if I can take too many more surprises. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I've looked at those pictures last night. I had to send two headshots to Krista. Yeah. Yes. And so I had to go through the pictures and go, oh, what can I send that's different? And it was a reminder of the photo. It's so hard. (laughs) Photos are a hard thing. Um, They are. I know. We had a session done a couple weeks ago and, oh, it is hard. It is hard. Jan, I'm sure it's the same for you in a sense that it's like, I don't know, maybe not. But, you know, when I think about myself, I still see myself as 40, 45. And sometimes it hits you in the face and you go, whoa, there I am. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> Real life, right? Yeah. Did you guys discuss age? Did you? No. No. But Jackie, do you mind sharing how old you are? You don't have to. <laughs> Let me tell you it this way. <laughs> wrote this down because I knew you were going to ask me that. Age is irrelevant. Uh-huh. Ask me how many sunsets I've seen, hearts I've loved, trips I've taken, concerts I've been to. That's how old I am. Aww. I'm 63. <laughs> 63. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for being so vulnerable today and honest with us. And I- I just feel like your article in our winter issue is just going to touch the hearts of so many women in for so many reasons. Um, and I know sitting here as a 42-year-old and you sitting there as a, a 65-year-old, we can all gain so much from your bravery in, in sharing your story. So I wanted to send you something really quick. If you can open up your Instagram... You know, it's so funny because I kept thinking they're not going to print. They're not going to print this. They're gonna ch- I know you kept asking, are you sure you want to run my article? <laughs> I just have a look. I wanted to show you a really cool photo that I put together to honor your story. 
Hey guys, Erin here. I'm just going to push pause on this interview because what you're about to listen to is a live sharing of Jackie on the cover and her first time seeing it and finding out that she's on the cover. So just to give you context as to what you're about to hear. So we asked Jackie to run and go get her phone. She got her phone. And on Instagram, as we speak, I was sending over to her an image of the front cover with her on it. And so when you hear her gasp, that is her seeing the cover for the first time with her on it and her having no idea. So enjoy. We got her permission to share this part. It was so tender and meaningful. And it was just such joyful tears and a beautiful moment that we shared with her. And we're just really happy to share it with you. So here it is. Oh my God. Did you see Did it? Did you see it? <laughs> I don't know whether to be embarrassed or not. We're putting you on the cover, Jackie. Oh my God. <laughs> Three years old. <laughs> yeah, that's crying. <laughs> My mother would be so happy. <laughs> you deserve every bit of this cover, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not a cruel joke. My daughter is just not going to believe it. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. I'm, a, I'm more concerned whether it's going to let sink in <laughs> oh you. my god i want to say thank you i feel so selfish for taking that opportunity from someone else oh my god it's beautiful i feel like it really is i thank you so much it's our way of mirroring back to you the wisdom that that you've shared through your vulnerability and your journey. Mm -hmm. So we're just mirrors and we're mirroring it right back to you of how important your story is and that you matter as a real woman. We see you. Yeah. And that picture just say a picture is worth a thousand words and you love words. But I, I think even if you looking at it can see that it, it just speaks volumes. Oh my God, you guys, I just, I can't believe it. I love that old house. I love that beach. That's where I pick my sea glass every single day of my life. And when we went there, we had to climb up this big cliff that was eroding. And the photographer kept saying, this house isn't going to collapse on us. (laughs) And I said, no, I climb up this hill every day. It keeps me strong. (laughs) And we climbed up and... I never knew she took that picture until she sent it to me because I was just looking out at the islands and thinking about the experience. This was the last picture she took before we came home that day. Oh, Oh, wow. (laughs) That's so cool to know. It's lovely. Well, it's really lovely. (laughs) Now it's immortal. (laughs) It'll be so beautiful on your magazine. The picture isn't the thing. It's, I represent over 50% of the population in my demographic. That's a lot of women. What an opportunity. Thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) Erin and I pick out the pictures from a very intuitive place. And the same thing happened with yours. We were looking at photos coming in and we just knew immediately that said what we wanted to say on the cover of our magazine. So it's our pleasure to have, have, have chosen that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for showing the East coast as well. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, our complete honor. Yeah, our complete so we honor. want to say it's going to be a fun ride for you because that cover is going to be out there in a lot of different <laughs> ways and just oh enjoy Lord. the ride. Too. So Jackie, can you, for our listeners, what is the best way to connect with you? I know you're active on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? It's at S soul inspired. Okay, perfect. All righty. Yes. It's been wonderful chatting with you. <laughs> yeah. Go tell your hubby as soon as you get off honey. I'm, I'm on the cover of a magazine. <laughs> He's not going to believe it. I'm still not going to tell my children until it's out. Nobody knows. Oh, I, oh I you're kidding. <laughs> they don't know you submitted an article. My oh, children oh. have no idea. My my husband knows and the photographer knows and I know and, and not even my daughter who I'm extremely cr- close with. I read one time that your greatest dreams you should not share until they happen because it takes Mm -hmm. away the joy somehow. And I've really been reveling in this. I kept thinking every time I, I kept thinking they're going to just, there's no way they're going to do it, right? (laughs) Oh, we're doing it. (laughs) And now this. You'll be holding the magazines in your hand still saying, are you sure? (laughs) That's the cover. Yes. Yeah, there's a few yeah. headlines to be added to it yet, but that's the positioning for the photograph and the magazine name and your your headline there. So yeah. The paper you guys use and it's just going to be really lovely. Yeah, so okay. that's, that's a wrap. It's been wonderful weaving this this tale this afternoon and for anyone who's listening to the podcast, make sure you grab a copy of the magazine. You're going to want to read word for word, Jackie's experience and, Absolutely. Uh, and feel as touched as we were. So thank you Absolutely. again, Jackie, thank for you, being Jackie. you. And we look forward to continuing to be friends with you. So thank you. Thank you. You did it. You just finished another episode of the Trailblazer podcast. We love bringing you real life stories and know-how from rural women. Head over to our website, www.trailblazerco.com for today's show notes with all the links and special offers from today's sponsors. Want to help us grow? Tag us and screenshot this episode or share your takeaways in the comments over on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to see you over there. So this is Jan and Erin signing off. See See you you next time, Trailblazers. Trailblazers.